In this new series on idolatry, we're going to ask the simple question, whose image do you reflect on Soul Zero Two? And welcome to Soul Zero Two. This is the podcast that is putting the oxygen back into the Christian life once all at a time. So glad to be with you. And I started a new series on idolatry, and it's going to be probably be maybe a seven-part series, I'm guessing. Um, there's so much to... to to share about it, but it, it has always bothered me the questions of why did God have such a big issue with idolatry? And so whenever questions plague me, I do a series, you know, at church, and then I, you know, it, it ends up in the podcast, or sometimes it starts with the podcast and it ends up at the church. Um, have you ever heard these words? Uh, he is the splitting image of his father, or she is a splitting image of her dad or her mom. Imagine a son or daughter who is the image of their parent and they're, they're from an honorable family and, and the family is healthy and full of integrity and, and instead of honoring their family, they take the image that they are of mom and dad and then maybe they, you know, they ruin the family business, right? Or they, they become a drug addict or something just horrific. And their parents feel like, man, this is not the daughter or the son that I raised. Hence, hence we have today, uh, whose image do you reflect? Are you reflecting God or something else or someone else? And Louis Burkhoff once said this about image again, and I, I, I didn't share this before, but I want to share it now. He said, according to Scripture, the essence of man's consists in this, that he is the image of God. As such, he is distinguished from all other creatures and stands supreme as the head and crown of the entire creation. So God made you and I to be the crown of his creation. That's why we don't just have his image, we are his image in the world. And we, we, we made that case last time, we kind of talked about that. And, and you have stories like the prodigal son who became the, he inverted the image of his own father because we talked about image inversion last time. And he became the opposite of who he was, who he was supposed to be, by living in a pigsty, right, and eating with the pigs. So idolatry is when the image of God becomes inverted in you or in me. And, and the result is always uh, tragic. So, so it's like having that umbrella, and I think we showed you that last time, the, the umbrella illustration, that is turned inside out. And... Or like having a shirt inside out. It's just not right. And idolatry is the inversion of God's image. And instead of being in God's image in the world, rather, instead of being God's image in the world, we become something else. We become that which we worship. And we image something else, something that we like. So here's a question I want to ask you today, and we're going to explore this today. Why do people choose to invert their God-given image? Why do people choose idolatry? Why did, why do they come why do, why do they become idolaters? And there are many reasons, and I, I kind of narrow it down to a couple of just a couple of them, maybe a few, but but one of them is this. We 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 worship idols because of forgetfulness. Have you ever seen someone who forgot where they came from? And maybe they were poor and became rich and forgot their friends, right? And 
God commanded Israel in Deuteronomy, and I, I won't read it to you, but he said, keep, recite, bind, and write. In other words, th- this thing has to be so ingrained in you because it is your life, because without it you won't succeed. And so Psalm 106 says, after God says, keep, recite, bind, and write, again, a, a, a pathology psalm, which he says, but they soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel, but they had a wanton craving in the wilderness and put God to the test in the desert. He gave them what they asked, but sent a wasting disease among them. And I want you to think about this, that how often don't we forget where we came from in God? We forget that he called us. We forget the things that he said. We forget what he what or whom he is to us. And this is what happened in Israel all the time. They, they, they forgot God, right? And remembering where you come from, where you were blessed, what God did for you, makes you flourish. But when you forget where you came from, you, you begin going in a different direction. You begin, you, you begin reflecting other things in your life. That's why built into the Lord's Prayer is our Father who art in heaven. In other words, give us this day our daily bread. In other words, God is my source. I always have to look to Him or else I can become an idolater and focus on other things and trust other things ahead of God. So a big part of worship is remembering. But there was another reason why people choose to invert the image today. And and this reason is, is very, uh, it's more of a vain reason that you'll understand because we see a lot of this today and maybe I've been through it or you've been through it. I don't know. But the second reason is this, ascendancy. What do I mean by ascendancy? Superiority over the competition. Did you know that one of the reasons why ancient peoples worshipped idols is so that they can win, so that they can get ahead, so that they can prosper. And the nations during Israel's time worshipped idols to get power over their enemies or for fertility, you know, for I want my crops, I want sons and daughters, and I want, I want to prosper, right, fertility. And, but also ascendancy over their enemies. I want to win, Lord. I want to beat the enemy. And worshiping success and greed to crush the competition is not a new idea. It happened in, in old Eastern culture, and except in this, in this instance, it, it, was, it was done through, through these idols that were visible, but today, they're done by idols that are mostly invisible, right? So, what has really changed? But another thing that we see here, for a reason why people invert the image of God in them is this. And, and, and this is a, a big one again. It touches on the last one. Greed. Right? Greed. Think about the idea of fertility. And uh, again, but the nations during Israel's time worshipped idols to get rain for harvests and prosperity for their flocks and blessings for their offspring. They want to have a lot of children. And thus you have that scripture there that says, Put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. So do you see how these things are idolatry, right? And and we find that, as Stephen Fowle has, has well said, a culture, uh, we live in a culture that won't accept full for an answer. In other words, we always want more and more, and we always want the new upgrade and, you know, the, the latest innovation and this and that. And, you know, if you live long, as long as I have, you realize that 
and I'm a techie, you know, I, I built computers for fun for 30, over 30 years, but you realize that newer things aren't always better. Sometimes you become someone else's beta tester, right? And you get the new thing and you're like, man, I want the old one, that was better. But Paul considered greed to be idolatry. And, and so we find yet another reason why people fall into idolatry, why they choose to invert the image of God in them. And that is this, significance. We want to be significant. And there's nothing wrong with wanting significance. We're created to, to make an impact in the world we're around. That's why God made us to reflect His image and, and change the world by bringing God's image, right? And which, which eventually will culminate in Christ's coming and, and Christ will, Christ will, you know, we can't do it without, without God. He's going to make it happen eventually, but the kingdom started right at the cross, right? And, but humans are made in such a way that they long for something beyond themselves, significance, something that will give them significance, something that will, they can look in the mirror and say, I, I've made a difference in the world. I, I've, I've had impact in this world. And what happens when we don't discover our meaning from God is this. We create things that will give us significance, and then we idolize those things. And I, I read about this cult recently called the Mother God Cult. And the group pro proclaimed that its founder, Amy Carlson, was divine, and she was 19 billion years old and birthed all creation. Carlson claimed that she had been reincarnated 540, uh, 534 times, including as Jesus, Joan of Arc, Marilyn Monroe, and Cleopatra, and would lead 144,000 people into a mystical fifth dimension. And the cult was, was ten of the, had tens of thousands of followers, people that just, just swallow this stuff. And a depressed man who had lost his job said that he felt hopeless, so he got on YouTube and he found this, you know, this cult, he said, something about it just resonates with me. So he, he, he became, he joined the cult and he became the father god of the cult. Eight months after an exclusive interview with Dr. Phil in, in 1921, the leader of the cult, Amy Carlson, also known as Mother God, was discovered dead inside a Colorado home. And Carlson's body was discovered in a small uh, town of Moffitt, Colorado, on April 28th, 2021. So this is this is not a, an old story. And she was wrapped in a sleeping bag adorned with Christmas lights and glitter makeup around her eyes, which were missing. And so why do I tell the story? Because idolatry always happens when we seek our significance outside of our Creator, the one true God, the God of heaven and the God of earth and the God of, of the Scriptures. And... And, and this can happen in a million forms. It can happen in lesser forms, not, not as, as extreme as this form. But another reason, if I may share today, why, why people invert God's image is simply because of fear. We're afraid. What delivers us from fear, whatever delivers us from fear, rather, we tend to idolize. And this was part of the burden of the prophet Hosea's accusation against Israel. This is what he was accusing them of. They had given glory to the idol Baal for all their harvest and rains and an abundance that the one true God gave. And speaking of Israel, and there's a scripture there, he says, she did not know that it was I who gave her the grain. This is God speaking. The wine and the oil and, and lavished upon her silver and gold and they used for Baal, that they used for Baal. Therefore, I will take back my grain and in, in its time and my wine and its season 
and I will take away my wool and my flax, which were to cover her nakedness. So this is why this is so important to us, because when we begin worshiping idols, we stop being blessed. We, we stop flourishing. And fear can lead to, to an idolatry that is, that is, it becomes so strong that we start to seek to satisfy that security above all else and in anything else other than God, because God is the provider. And in Exodus 32, the people feared that Moses had left them, so they went out and made a calf, right? But again, nothing has changed. Fear of losing my job. Maybe, maybe I can, I can uh, worship the idol of workaholism, right? If, I, if I'm afraid of losing my job by, by putting in all these hours to impress the boss. Or what about fear of losing a relationship, right? I can compromise, and, and that can be idolatry in my life. Fear of, re- of rejection. Someone, uh, I'm afraid of losing someone that cares about me, and so, so I become someone I'm not, and that becomes idolatry. What about fear of lack? That maybe I become a hoarder because I'm afraid of losing my money and I, and I get all this, this, this money that's going to burn anyway, right? So, but I want to give you one last reason today of, of why people do it. And, and I, I'm pretty sure it's the last reason, but, but uh, it's, it's fear of convenience, really, when you think about it. And when I say convenience, and I, I threw a scripture in there with, with that, but... One of the attractions of idolatry is that the idols we worship are manageable, ergonomic, and fit our lifestyle. And that's a problem because when we worship stuff that just makes us feel better or, or, or listen to sermons that only make us feel better but never really grow, we're never challenged, we never get the bad news about anything, then we're never, we're, how can we be a true believer? Because growing is a hard thing. And advancing in Christ and, and the whole process of sanctification is a, is a very difficult thing, and it's not fun. And, but there are kind of directions, there are faith traditions out there today that are just so soft and shallow that everything has always had to be up and happy. And I always ask myself, at what time do you get the bad news? At what time does someone tell you that you need to repent of your sins, that you need to forsake the fornication and all these things, whatever you're doing in your life, right? And in ancient times, idols were easy to believe in the place of God because they were conveniently visible. Thus, people worshipped the sun, the moon, the stars, because they gave instant gratification. And during the time of Jeroboam, Jeroboam was one of the first kings of Israel that he split the kingdom. And he, he was the first one who, who really, uh, after Solomon, who really backslid big time and just kind of stopped following God and after he made, you know, uh, Jew- Jerusalem was, was centered, the worship was centered in Jerusalem, and everyone had to migrate to Jerusalem to worship. But when, Jerobo- when Jeroboam split the kingdom, his kingdom was not in Jerusalem. So he said, how do I, how do I work this angle? So he made, he made idols, right? He made golden calves. And he says, it's, t- it's too far for you to go to Jerusalem, guys. Just come on over here. And, and just worship these golden calves, and I'll set them up for your convenience, and you can still worship God here. And so, so Jeroboam created calves just for political convenience. Think about that. So I want to close with this today, that what do we do with God's inverted image, the one we're supposed to reflect? What do we do with it? 
do we just become consumer worship, worship people at church and just worship a God that we want, that we can fashion, that, that is manageable to us? And in, in that consumerism, do we just live for a good church experience or do we go to follow God? And so idolatry's answer is always this, and we keep coming back to this, God's image. We have to go back to the image. We have to begin in creation. And we find that when we, when we have idolatry in our lives, we have to get to the point where it began with image, the problem, but now it has to, it has to go back to image. So we find that, so we, we have to begin with image, right? Begin with image. And as we begin with image, image is a starting point that explains how we were made. Why do we begin with image? Because most of our problems are image problems. When we worship something else, it's because we're inverting God's image, we're perverting it, and we're messing it up. Why do you think there's so much problem with, with, uh, with gender today? Uh, because people don't know that God created them. Or if they do, they, they kind of try to twist it to try to make it fit what they believe. But the scriptures tell us, give us a template of how we were made. I mean, it, it's, to me, it's, it's not a matter of loving people or not loving. We, we love everybody, absolutely, no question. But we disagree strongly with that, with the whole idea of this gender thing always being you know, pushed God, God created the genders. And if we don't get the right image of God, then we're going to have a lot of problems. That's why the, uh, the Imago Dei, the image of God, is the lens for the rest of the scriptures. But we also have this idea that we have to ask the question, what am I reflecting? Or whom, who am I reflecting? All humans have been created to be reflecting beings, it has been said, and they will reflect whatever they are ultimately committed to. And whether the true God or some other object in the created order. And we find that, that in, this, in this whole ordeal, when we reflect idols, and I'll have a couple of scriptures for you here real quick, but when we reflect idols, this, this is what we get, right? Uh, when we reflect idols, those who make them and trust in them shall become like them. We become like whatever it is we worship, and we're going to be talking about that in this series. But also that, that second scripture, when we reflect Jesus, it says, what we do know is this, when he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him like he, we will see him like he is. And I, I read those scriptures because we become what we worship, and that's going to be one of the main points of, of this whole talk. Only our Creator can tell us who we, who we really are. I can't define who I am. Only God can say who I am because He's the one who made me. And a reflection in a mirror relies on the original. So we rely on the original, which is God, and we reflect Him. He, he created us, so we have to rely on Him for our definition of, of identity, of who He are. And that's why it, it says in the book of Acts, uh, it says, for in Him we, we live and we move and we have our being. And there's that scripture there. For in Him we live and move and have our being. And But here's a, some other thing. We're, we're going to close this out in a second here. But only the Creator can tell us what sin is. And it's easy to, you know, for me to, be, to say what's right and wrong. But th there was a scripture that said because they had 
they had no revelation of, of God, right? Uh, they had no revelation. They had no open vision. Everybody did their own thing. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. But we, we find that, that in the scriptures, and I'll give you the scripture here in a second, but um, that only God can really tell us what sin is. And when God's image in us becomes turned inside out, it's called idolatry. Idolatry transforms the image bearer into the image of the idol being worshipped. I become like what I worship. And we go from being the image of the, of, of the divine, of God, of our creator, to becoming something else. And that's why Romans has that famous scripture, that famous tragic scripture that says this, they exchange the glory of God, of the immortal the immortal God for images resembling a mortal human being or birds or four-footed animals or reptiles. And that's a very tragic scripture of, of the marring of, of creation. And, and so, so only the Creator can help us discover our true purpose. And that's where we're going to leave it today. Only the Creator can help us discover our true purpose. Only God can give us real purpose because He made us. And so, who do you reflect? An idol, or do you reflect Jesus? And Paul, once, once in, in the Corinthians, he said, he said this, and I'll, I'll just read it to you because I don't think I brought the scripture with me today, or maybe I do have it. Uh, yeah, Paul said this. Here it is. He said, As was the man of dust, meaning that's Adam, so are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, that's Adam, we will also bear the image of, of the man of heaven, that's Jesus. What a beautiful scripture. So that, that closes with a promise today, my friends, that God has called us to bear his image in the world. And every time we try to reflect an image that is not him, we not only become like that image, but we cease reflecting God. So till next time, uh, sorry we, we went a little longer than I wanted to, but next time we'll, we'll curtail it. Okay, so next time, check out the website and, and leave us a like, okay, and recommend to a friend. Till next time, God bless you. Take care.